0: Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We're going to have some fun today. We're in a series, That Was Church, This Is Change. And uh, for all of you who have never heard that before, you'll know that, you know, you'll hear it more often because we say that a lot here at Change. And it's not a slam to other churches because, hello, we are the whole body of Christ, right? That'd be ignorant, right? <clears throat> All right, good, good, good. So make sure everybody's alive. <laughs> Check your pulse. Um, just want to, you know, we want to define what the world sees as church. So when we say that, we're talking to a people who have, who have experienced a type of church, uh, 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 experience a Christian, if you would, that has misrepresented Christ. And so we're taking back the identity of the church. How many know that the church is not a building and it is not a space? It is us and wherever we gather and when we come together, we make church happen. That's why we're meeting in a bar and it's cool. (laughs) Right? Meeting in a comedy club and Jesus here. This is the church. But we as individuals are church in motion. When we come and gather, we're the church united. We come in, we praise God, lives are getting transformed into space, we're getting ignited so that we can go out throughout our week and be the church in motion. We're getting involved with the movement of God. Everywhere we go, we reveal who Jesus is. So we've been talking about, the first week, we talked about revealing heaven and being ones that we are in alignment with what the heaven is doing. So I don't know if you've heard, Jesus died and rose again from the dead. And when he rose again, his resurrection power now comes alive in all who accept him as Lord and Savior. That is good news. Bump your neighbor. Say he's talking to you. Good news. It's good news because now we're alive in Christ, and we are called now to represent heaven. Everywhere we go, we're revealing it, and everything, every, everywhere we go into, we hold the name of Jesus we hold the authority so everywhere we go we reveal what's happening in heaven we take the wonders in heaven there's a lot of wonders going on in heaven it's perfection right because Jesus is up there holiness it's all going on no sickness no death all that is going on in heaven and we are called now to have the authority to loose on earth what's already loose in heaven so everywhere we go even in our workplaces we are loosening things that are already loose in heaven uh, ju- we just had a conference, and we were there, and we we're just we we're a bunch of uh, youth pastors, and all gathered in one place. We took Doc Kirby, Mark of the team, just to kind of learn about you know logistics and culture and all that stuff. It's phenomenal. Just get wait takeovers going to the next level. It's it's going to be insane. So, are you excited about the next generation coming alive to their purpose? <laughs> Come on, come on. We're stoked about it. So we're praying over them. Uh, but we're there, and, and we're just with a bunch of people. And we're, we're at this place where there's a restaurant. So all the youth pastors went there to kind of hang out. But um, the workers were the workers of the restaurant. So they weren't a part of the conference or, you know, I don't even know if they went to church or whatever. But they were all there. And we were just talking and praying. And, and we just, we, this lady walks by, and she's, she's doing the serving. I just felt like, man, her back, There's something going on in her back. So I was like, hey, do you have back pain at all? She's like, yes, I had an injury, and it's in my back. I was like, man, God's highlighting you and he wants to heal you. And it's just that one of those moments where God wanted to reveal who he was. And who he is is holiness, it's healing, it's perfection. That's what Jesus is doing in heaven. So we reveal it. So we prayed over. She's and She's like, listen, I have knee replacement surgery coming up. And we prayed for that too. But she was like, the doctor said, we can take care of that. But the back, you're going to have to find someone else for it. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was like, God loves you so much that he set up this night to heal you. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. It's revealing heaven here on earth. It's being the church. Now, was that a church gathering? No. Is your workplace a church gathering? No, but you're the church in motion. So everywhere you go, you look for opportunities. Where can I reveal heaven? Another dude I was talking to, and he was talking about his life, and I just felt in my heart that I needed to, to ask him if he lost his mother. Weird question, right, to be in the middle of our conversation. Um, so I don't know if you've ever felt this, but you know, in church, we can be like, you are good, you are good, and feel all hyped up. And then we get out in the world, we're like, you are good. Like, woo, you know, (laughs) like awkward moment. So I was there and I was having one of those moments where I'm like, I don't know, God, you know, I don't know if I should do this. And I'm like, but I'm remembering, you know, what the word was spoken. I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this because I'm calling for this. So anyways, halfway through the conversation, he finally says, you know, he's talking about how he came from being homeless. I was like, okay, got to get it. Here's another little sign. So I was like, hey, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I just feel like, did you lose your mom at some point? Waterfalls, just bawling, can't control it. Taking off his glass, just weeping. I said, hey, the Father wants you to know that void that you feel, he wants to fill it. He wants to surround you with his arms of love. What was it? Revealing heaven. We're looking for opportunities to reveal heaven. How can we speak into the, the, what's going on in the world and make it align with what's going on in heaven? It's an amazing thing when we step into that. And then last week, I don't know if you were here. I don't know if you could even handle it, but Ashley brought the word of God last week, and it was powerful. How many were there for that? Come on, somebody. It was so good. She talked about doing life in circles and having a life-giving tribe, having a tribe of people around you that push you and motivate you. How many need somebody every once in a while to tell you to get your life in order? Remind you your calling. Remind you not to be lazy bones, but to step into the call of God. I love it. Uh, Kirby, our kids leader, she's amazing. She's a teacher at my daughter's school, and I love going to the school because every once in a while you'll hear her say, talk to her students, be like, get your life in order. Get your life in order. Get your life in order. I was like, you know what? We all need that reminder every once in a while who we are. We are children of the king, so we need a tribe around us to speak life into our dead situation. When we're going through something hard, we need somebody to come alongside and say, hey, remember the truth of God of your life. Remember the calling in you. man. Get up early. Get on your face. Get Seeking God. She talked about that life-giving tribe that a church is all about doing life together. So don't be fooled. The biggest lie of the enemy is to be segregated, to be your own thing. But, man, just like the Bible says, don't negate coming together. There's power when we come together. rub shoulders we do things we do life together today i'm so excited i want to be talking about a church of conversations so that was church this has changed we're defining what it looks like to be a church of conversations this is so crucial to me because we live in a world of statements it's a world of statements everywhere you go there's a statement well this is what the church thinks well this is what this political party thinks And social media has really taken this up a notch that now we can get away with things just because it's a statement online. It's a cool quote. Whatever it is, it's a statement. And, you know, you always see those arguments online. How many just laugh at them because they're hilarious? But they always get in these debates and arguments in the comments and they go like hundreds long, you know? And people are putting their opinion into it. They're like, flame emojis, yes! But you know, poop emoji. You know, it's just like... Whoa, went way too far. And, and I remember seeing this one conversation. I was just laughing so hard because this girl, at the end of the conversation, she was like, I did not mean for this to be a conversation. I meant this as a statement. And I was like, wow. We are humans. We're made for conversations. That's, right. That's not real life. Make a statement, walk away this is what I th- Walk away. <laughs> statement online. I don't have to be tied to it. Just a statement. I don't want to engage. I don't want to go further. Just making my statement, stepping away. That's false. It's foolish. It's not real. It's not reality. But our world now says you can be a person of statements. And sometimes the church takes this on as being, this is what you know. I hear all the time. What does your church stand for? how does your church stand on this topic? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If we make a statement, it stops there. Well, our church stands for this. Well, good for you. You got your statement out there. Awesome. Well, we're going to move into being a church of conversations to engage in reality of, of what it looks like to be a church that asks questions. What a novel idea. What a novel idea. Isn't that a great idea? Instead of making statements and having arguments, we come in with conversation and questions. we got to go back to Genesis. This all starts there. And this was where God created Adam and Eve, and there's perfection in the garden. And his whole, like, man, his whole purpose was to spread this garden throughout the world, let heaven be on earth. It's just perfect world. What happened? He told them not to eat the, the one tree. Just the one tree, and they did it, and they brought sin into the world, and so this whole thing goes down. Their eyes are open, and that's where we pick up on God, all right? So in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden, Now, this can explain probably 90% of conversations you have when you introduce the name Jesus or you introduce the word Christian. Christian. You're what? You're a Christian? Jesus? Ooh, ooh, awkward. Let's go hide in the garden. Because Adam and Eve realized where they were. They realized that what the Father was standing for, what the the Father was in alignment with, was not what they were in alignment with, with now. So now they had this fear of saying, "Oh my word, we can't be in because we're not sure of the statement or the the judgment that we're going to feel from him." So they hid. And sometimes when we get in conversation, we're like, "Yeah, I go to church," and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, wall, oh, I know what your people are about. I know what statements you guys make. I know how you guys judge. I know exactly where you guys stand. I've heard your message. I've read your your newsletter. I've been there. And I don't want anything to do with it. So Adam and Eve, they're hiding in the garden waiting. And look at how God approaches. Now, this is God, right? The sovereign one, one who knows all and is all powerful and is perfection in body. So this is God. He has every right to come in and say, Adam, where are you? Come here. You're going to get punished. But he doesn't. Check it out. And God shows us how to approach sin. If you've ever wondered, you're like, hey, I don't know how to approach this thing. I think it's really weird. Here's how God approaches it. Ready? But God, the Lord God, called to the man and asked, where are you? Where are you? He started with a question. Because God loves process. Jesus came to the world. And he had all knowledge, all wisdom. He was embodied son of God. Like he was all encompassing. And when people would ask him questions, what would he do? He would ask them questions right back. It was probably very frustrating. People are like, Jesus, what do you think about this? He said, well, let me ask you this question. It's like, no, Jesus, I just want an answer. And sometimes people can ask like, hey, where do you stand on this? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not how I'm going to approach this thing. I'm not going to give you a statement. I want to go out to coffee with you because there's a lot that we need to process through to know how did you get there? How did you get to that point in life where you're making all these decisions and you have that viewpoint and you live that lifestyle? I got to know what happened because there's a lot of factors involved. And so God asked Adam, where are you? And Adam, all of a sudden, has the process. Where am I? How did I get here? How did we get here? And what would happen if we shifted instead of being a church that's all statement, all theology, all arguments, you know, I got my argument ready, been learning on YouTube, you know, I know how to argue this point. I know how to argue this point. What if we just approached it how God approached it and just started questions and asked, what's your story? Where are you at? What's been going on in your heart? What's happened in your life? What's made you the way that you are today? how well what has happened along the way that that now you have all these viewpoints and belief systems and also tell me where are you it's so powerful so powerful it's a church of conversations to take up the walls and the barriers that sometimes statements can put because a statement will stop there but a conversation leads to a process and that's what we want i remember um, being in kindergarten and for some reason, this memory like kicks out. You ever have those memories where it's like, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Um, but like in kindergarten, there's this kid named Zach, and he's just super picked on. And and one day it just came to an escalation. I mean, it was just it was too far. These kids were like pushing him and stuff, and he was on the ground. He had mouthful of uh, the wood chips on the playground. And he's just bawling, crying. And me, being the spiritual kindergartner that I was, I yelled at the kids. <laughs> and, uh, Jesus has done a lot of work in me since then. Okay. But I was yelling, I'm like, you gotta get out of here. And I'll go down to Zach. I'm like, are you okay, man? I'm just sitting there. Now I'm crying with him, right? I'm like, you have wood chips in your mouth. This is terrible, are you all right? And I remember just befriending him. And I thought about the story of Jesus when he was preaching. Actually, they were having church and they're in the middle of the service. You know, he's preaching, he's speaking a word. And all of a sudden, the Pharisees barge through the door, dragging in this woman and throw her at his feet. Can you imagine if that happened today? All of a sudden, just someone barges in, throws this woman on the ground, and says, Jesus, she was caught in the act of adultery. We caught her in the act. And the law says that we should stone her. So what do you think, Jesus? Whoa, what a moment. All of a sudden, everybody's staring at Jesus as, what is he going to do? Here's this woman. She was caught in sin. She was living a lifestyle that was outside of what the church, of what Jesus was preaching, what Jesus came to set free. And now here she is, caught, red-handed. And as she's weeping and bawling, Jesus, he bends down to right in the dirt. <laughs> I love Jesus so much. And... They translated that back in the day when rabbis would want to kind of negate what was going on, they would distract themselves and write. Maybe it was scripture, maybe it was their past sins, I don't know what it was, we all don't know, but whatever he was doing, he was writing, just disregarding what they had said, and then he stands up, and this is where we pick up the story in John chapter 8, verse 2, I'm sorry, verse 4. Jesus bent down and rode in the dirt, and then when he got up, he said, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw your stone. Let the first one of you that has nothing going on cast the first stone. Now, here's what Jesus was doing. He was leveling the playing field because all of us carry sin, all of us. Now, we are set free in Jesus. We're new in him, but we are not on grounds to judge. We are not on grounds to stone. We are not the judge. He is the great judge. He is the one who is the great creator, the one, the sovereign one who sits above all. He is the one, but we are not. So when Jesus was like, hey, all of you who do not have sin, you cast the first stone. What he was saying is, hey, if we're going to get real, all of us deserve a good stoning right here, right now. And then he bent down and he wrote in the dirt again. The Bible says one by one, they started dropping their stones. And I'm sure for the woman being broken in that moment, hearing the dropping of the stones was one of the most powerful things she could ever hear. And then Jesus, after they all walked away, he went to her and he said, woman, and he asked her this question. He didn't say, again, he didn't say, woman, you know you're wrong. You know what you did was bad. He didn't convict her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't judge her. He asked her a question. He said, woman, where are they? Where are they? Where are the ones that were judging you? And I've sat across from so many people that have talked about the hurt and the brokenness and the judgment that they felt. Either from a church or Christians or whatever in their life. And I sat by so many hurt people. And in that moment, I just, I don't know what else to say, but hey, I'm sorry for where you've been. Sorry for what they've done. They've misrepresented Jesus. But where are they? Can we move forward together? Can we redefine this process of church? Can I show you who he truly is? Because someone was misrepresenting him and showed you a false Jesus. But can I show you how good my father is? Can I show you how much he loves you? Can I show you how much he cares that he went out of his way? He loves so much that he sent his one and only son to come die for you because he loves you so much. He said, where are you? Where are they? So powerful, isn't it? And what if we took on that approach to be a church of conversations, to be a church that approaches people and says, hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to just walk with you. I'd love to just love on you. A lot of us get, get so caught up in the, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. I don't know a lot of theology, so I don't even know like, if they start an argument or whatever. Hey, drop the arguments. Can I help you with that? Can I relieve the weight off your shoulders of what witnessing is? Just tell them what Jesus did in your life. That's it, period. Well, I don't know how to argue the theology of where the Bible and the c- canon. It's like, all right, stop, pause. That's not your job. Your job is to witness what Jesus did in your life. It's like the blind man that was healed. The Pharisees are like, where, who, wh- who did this to you? Who did it? He's like, listen, 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 listen. I can't get into like argument, debate, all this stuff. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. All I know is he touched me and I was blind, but now I see. When you witness and you have these conversations and people are like, what do you stand on this and what do you think about this? Hey, I don't, listen, I don't have all the answers. All I know is he came into my life and now I'm set free to my purpose. That's all I know. Isn't that freeing? How many are set free right now? Just like, woo, all right, I can do that. I can do that. We're just witnessing what God has done in our life. And can I just say, there might have been a different a church you went to or a different culture you've been a part of, but can I just speak on change? I can't speak for any other churches, but I can speak for this church alone. We will be a church that is a voice for the voiceless. We will stand up for those who do not have a voice. And we will not do it by making statements. We will do it by engaging conversations. We will be a church that will engage in those hard conversations that others may run from. But we are engaging it because we know the power that's in the presence. And when we engage in those conversations, we usher in Jesus. Take off the pressure off us. It's not on us. It's on him. We just set the table and let him bring the meal. Come on, somebody. You don't have to bring the meal. He's the one who knows them. He's the one who sees them. He's the one who speaks life into them. He's the one who gives them hope not you. You bring inspiration. That's great. But God's the one who brings hope. He brings hope. So we will be a church that engages in conversation. Woo! So I have two questions for you. Two questions for you today. Number one, what stones do you need to drop? God asked me that question. I'm like, God, pfft, 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 pfft. <laughs> I got no stones. I've been serving you for years. Pfft, stones. <laughs> you, you mean that for the, no, he's like, what stones are you carrying? What are some things that you see as unpardonable? God, that's too far. All other sin I can handle, but God, that one, Too far. That's too far. Pick up my stone. Just tell me when. Catch him in the act. Ooh, I'm ready. Some of us don't even realize we're carrying around stones. Until it happens, that situation or that sin pops up, and you're like, ooh, ew. Gross, did you see what she just did? Come on, don't act like you don't do this. Did you? They wouldn't. They didn't. Not that. Oh, that's too far, girl. (laughs) You're all laughing because you do it. I'm guilty too. I have those things where it's like when it pops up, it's like, oh, no, Uh uh-uh. No, we're going to stone that. We're going to take care of that. that. That needs to go. And Jesus says, hey, listen, drop the stone. Drop the stone. There's a world that's hurting, and my heart is broken for it. Carry my heart and be broken for what I'm broken for. Drop the stone. It's time to have conversations. It's time to ask the question, to know where people are and draw them to the presence of the Father. Because when we draw them in, we bring them to the one who can heal all things. You know what the beautiful thing is too? When we bring people into the presence of the Father, he's the great convictor. He's the great judge. And he does it with the heart of a father. Isn't that amazing? That's why I will do anything short of sin to get my friends here. Why? Takes the pressure off me. I will engage those in those conversations. If the Lord leads me, I will totally do it. But my job is not to convict. My job is not to judge. My job is to lead them to Jesus. Because when they get in the presence of Jesus, he works on the heart. He starts working his side. All of a sudden, he starts convicting and judging, and they're like, wow. They start walking away from things that they never would have before. But when they're in the presence of the king, all of a sudden conviction sets in. They're like, wow. Ah. But when we convict, we set up walls and barriers. You'll actually push people further from the truth than when you love. So that's why we're so dang serious about making sure we take care of every opportunity. We take hold of every opportunity. We pass out these silly cards. <sighs> it's so funny. These are so powerful. That's why I'll do whatever it takes to make sure people know, here's the inroad. Here's the open door. I wanna invite you to my house. The Father is amazing. And when you get there, he's gonna love on you. He's gonna care for you. There's gonna be people that represent him well. So we are. We're the church in motion. We're taking the heart of the Father and going everywhere with it. Seeing people who are persecuted and rushing to them. saying, no, oh, put down your stones. Do you know where they are? Being a voice for the voiceless. When others say, no, they should be judged. Stone them. We're the ones that stand and say, absolutely not on our watch. And we speak to the person. We don't, we don't speak to the situation we get to know the heart because down deep inside where the father put that purpose and the father put that calling all we're doing is drawing it out we're just drawing it out jesus believed in the process because when we process and we're answering questions all of a sudden we're taking it in we're chewing it up we're making it our own so if we become a church of conversation we step into what jesus called us to do we start having those conversations so second question what are what's a conversation you need to pursue What is the conversation or conversations you need to pursue this week, next week, but get on it. What is God drawing you to stand up and be a voice for the voiceless, to stand up and love? And again, not to judge, not to get involved and say, now listen, let's talk about this because this needs to go. And you're going to be good, but you need to get rid of this first. It's not your job. It's not your job all pressure off. It's not on you. You're just representing what a life impacted by Christ looks like. That's the pressure on you. You got to live in that, become new in Christ, that your motives, your heart, your love, the way that you pursue God is representing how when he gets involved, life changes. So we're the church. We're alive. We're coming alive to the purpose of God coming into our world, engaging it, being a voice for the voiceless. So two things, what are some stones you need to drop? And what is a conversation you need to pursue? Would you stand to your feet with me? These last moments, I just wanna take some moments and just pray that God would, would help us. You know, there's there's times where you might be carrying a stone, but you don't even know it, you don't even see it. And so it, a lot of times, well, I'll just come to the father. And it's in that time that you can just ask him questions. He's a good father. There's some questions that my kids ask me and I'm like, wow, don't know that. But like, I'm, I'm not a father that says, I don't <laughs> I don't tell them." like, wow, you should really know that. No, I, I, I get on their level and I speak to them because I want them to learn. I want them to grow. So it's good to ask the father, hey God, help me with this. There might be some things I'm overlooking. Might be some things that that I don't see. But God, as I get in your presence, would you speak to me it's as simple as that. Why not you speak to me? When Jesus left, he gave us the Holy Spirit that reminds us of what Jesus said. He, he's a great counselor. He counsels into our situations. So can we take a couple minutes? Can you just lift up your hands just like this and just say, Father, why don't you speak to me? Show me the rocks, the stones that I carry, the stones of judgment, the things that might get in the way of me loving unconditionally. God, I don't want conditions on my love. I don't want conditions on the way that I pursue people. I don't want conditions on the way that I engage conversations. God, show me the stones that I'm carrying. Right I just let him speak to you. Let him show you those things that maybe enrage you. And maybe it was from a past situation where someone sinned against you, and so now it's like, wow, I felt the lash out of that. Maybe it's a father or a mother that you grew up in their house, and they had that sin in their life, and man, you, you reaped the consequences, and so now you carry that. Hey, can you just lay that at his feet right now? Say, God, I put down those stones. Even though, Lord God, those things happened to me, I'm not going to replicate it. I'm not going to replicate it in my life. I'm going to lay down those stones. Lay down those stones. Can you just symbolically just put your hands down? Just lay them down. Just lay them down throw those stones down yes yeah yeah all right now can we lift, lift our hands and say God once you break our hearts for what breaks yours that we would engage in conversations not out of a heart of judgment not out of a heart of convicting but God we would just come into every situation with so much love and so much passion for people that we would carry the heart of the King that your heartbeat would become our heartbeat and that we would see our friends We would see our family. We would see even our enemies, God, the way that you see them, the ones that judge, the ones that are persecuted, the ones that are abandoned and neglected, the ones that others say there's no hope. God, let us be broken for those. Let us as a church be ones that are all consumed with pursuing the lost, with pursuing those that are far from you, God, that we can bring them into the presence of the King, that you would change them in your presence. Father, we just pray. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Let us become in alignment with how you feel and what you think. Thank you, God. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischange.phl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.